0: As we continue our series on Love Letter from God, I would ask that you uh, stand and turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5b-7. through 7. And then, of course, we will start with our key verse for the message, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse Peter 5, 5b-7 All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Let us pray. Hide me behind your cross, Lord Jesus. Articulate the Father's heart through my voice and let the Holy Spirit breathe new life to us, opening our ears to hear the message of God. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. When I was a non-believer, my favorite Bible verse, which may sound a little weird to say, but it's true, the one I put on all the sympathy cards, the one I always quoted to people when they were upset was 1 Peter 5-7. By itself, I always quoted it as, Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. It's a nice sentiment. It's a lovely thought. But the whole of it encompasses more than just giving up our burdens to a caring God. It has to do with our posture in the laying them aside. And it has to do with the fact that God has asked us to not just surrender our anxieties, but our very selves... In fact, God says to not only be humble before God, but to be humble to one another, to lay aside our need to be right, our need to be first, our need to prove our point, and instead trust that God will be faithful in demonstrating just exactly who is right and vindicating his position. We have to surrender ourselves or we risk losing who we are called to be to our sinful nature god has called us to be differently to live differently but sometimes we just don't get it sometimes we have to learn the same lessons over and over and i will tell you that every message that i preach is intended not only for you but for me and sometimes i wish you listen better but a lot of times i know i need to listen better too so here we are again God has called us to be humble. And God doesn't call us to that without also having lived it. Jesus had every reason to be exalted his whole life. But as we prepare to go through Advent, and we will talk about the fact that Jesus was born a king, even though we know that he allowed himself to live as one of us, to be tempted like one of us, to be a human being with wants and needs and desires. He emptied himself and showed us what humility looks like. When we read Paul's hymn in Philippians 2, we know that this humility was beautifully expressed in who Jesus is. Therefore, Paul writes, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is what God is calling us to. This is what Peter is talking about in his letter to suffering Christians. Give up your very selves and trust God because God cares what is happening. God will lift you up because it is God's reputation on the line. You can't truly surrender your cares to God unless you actually trust God to handle them, which means letting them go 100%. Which means that you cannot worry about the resolution. You cannot think that you can solve the problem. That's pride. You can't think, oh, I'll just tell God about it and hedge my bets that way. Maybe God will do something. Maybe I'll do something. Maybe my horoscope will give me an idea. God is not one of many options in the resolution to the concerns you have. Instead, when you pray and ask God to handle your situation, your illness, your decision, your future, your work, your kids, whatever it is, you no longer have to worry about it. You no longer have to keep tossing around ideas to fix it. You no longer have to turn it over and over in your mind wondering what is going to happen next. Instead, when it comes back to mind, you say, I have given that to God. I cannot do better than that. Now, I want to be clear, this doesn't mean you forego doctor appointments or medicines or counseling or going on a job interview. What it does mean is that you surrender the outcome to the God who cares about what you are going through and wants you to turn it over to him. I also want to say that sometimes anxiety is a mental disorder. Sometimes only medication can resolve anxiety. That is not what I am talking about. I am talking about the ideas that you have control over. When you have anxiety, you don't really have control over what's happening in your head. Uh, You have some measure of control over it, but it's kind of like... kind of like a diabetic who can't control their blood sugar without medication. When when you have an anxiety disorder, you can't necessarily control your anxious thoughts. And if that is the case, that is completely different than what we are talking about here. Because we're talking about giving God the things that you have anxiety about that you control. The worries that you bring on yourself The things you refuse to let go of, not the things you can't let go of because your brain won't let you. And humility means being willing to let God own your issues. It means resolving to continually give them back to him, not trying to rust them away. It means knowing that when that worry or fear starts to pop up again, I'm going to remind myself that it does not belong to me anymore. I do the things I need to do, and I let God own what happens next. I go to the doctor and hear the diagnosis. I participate in counseling sessions. I go to the job interview. I discipline my kids. But all the while, I remember that God has been given the outcome controls. So if the diagnosis is bad, I do the treatment and trust that God will be with me. If the divorce still happens... If the children fall away, if I don't get the job, if everything falls apart, I still trust God with the outcome. I do not worry that God will fail. You don't need me to tell you that life is hard. Life has obstacles to overcome and challenges to face. But if I cast my cares on God, I am trusting that God will provide. Jesus said that in this world we would have trouble, but that he would be with us and that he would send a comforter. Paul reminds us that God is working all things for good and he tells us to pray continuously. And here, Peter says, give it to God because God cares. Now there are people who suggest That we should limit our prayers to the big things. Only pray about cancer or disasters or car accidents or job loss. But I don't think God stops caring just because something isn't big. God cares about the little things too. The sick pets, the lost keys, the crazy day. As long as you are not praying out of selfish ambition or pride. um, That would mean probably not praying for rock star parking at Target on Christmas Eve. But truly out of a place of, here God, I can't, you can, God will listen and God will answer. Sometimes the need feels really big, too big. And that's okay, too, because when you are humble enough to know that God can handle it, the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf, sometimes groaning right along with you when you can't even say the words you need to say. You see, when Jesus said he was going to be with us, he didn't just mean that he was everywhere in the world and therefore available to us. He meant that like a a best friend, like someone who loves us, he would be there next to us, suffering with us, walking through it with us, knowing our need and caring about it. God has given us a beautiful promise. God is mighty, God is powerful, God is able, and God cares about you. God promises to take your burden if you cast it on him. I love that word, cast. It, it isn't just a laying it down. But if you've ever seen fishermen at work, maybe you've gone fishing. I'm not particularly a fan of it. But um, remember that Peter was a fisherman by trade. So I'm thinking that he probably didn't use this word casually. But when they cast a line or a net as a fisherman, they throw it out as far as they can, they don't try to keep it close. And successful fishermen keep the line or the net out in the water. They don't reel it back in every five minutes. They wait. So Peter is suggesting that we throw our burdens as far as we can away from ourselves. All the way to God's throne where they can actually be addressed and managed by the God of all mercy and grace. The God who cares about our needs and about us. So what things do you need to surrender to God today? How can you right now cast your cares on God? How can you say, here God, I can't, you can, about the things in your life that you cannot control? I have sticky notes and pens. And I'm going to ask you to, fold it up as tiny as you want. That's fine. I have this jar up here. Write your one thing down. And I'm going to come around with the jar and you're gonna put it in the jar, whatever it is. Fold it up small so no one can see it. And we're gonna take this jar and I'm gonna seal it. I'm gonna put duct tape over the opening and I'm gonna leave it here on the altar. And this week, when you are thinking about this thing, That looms big in your life, that's a heavy burden that you're carrying. I want you to remember that you left it here, that you left it on the altar. It's sitting here where God sees it, no one else knows it, but God knows. And as you're going through your week and you think of this jar and the burdens that the pieces of paper in this jar represents, I ask that you would pray that God would move on behalf of the person who laid it down. It doesn't have to be a long, involved prayer. Just, God, you know what is there, who put it in, Show them you care by working on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. So write your note. It doesn't have to be detailed or involved. You know what it means. Write whatever it is you want to write. Hold it. So in this way, we're not only surrendering to God, but we're sharing the load with our fellow Christians, which is also an admonition that we have been given about the burdens we carry. And I suggest to you that when you surrender this one thing to God today, if you can remember that God cares enough to stand with you in the midst of your trial, if you can allow the rest of us to pray for your need, not even knowing what it is, If you can, trust that God can where you can't. You will be freer than you have been for a long time, trusting the God of miracles to care about your mess. Now, as we've been doing every week in this series, I will remind you of what it looks like to say that the love of God is found in every page of scripture. Follow along on your blue sheets and say whatever is bolded on your page. What does it mean to say God loves? loves To create us, to form us from the dust. Dust To let us fail, to let us choose our own way over God's. To let us chain ourselves to sin and defeat and heartbreak and sorrow and death. You to, yes. to provide a rescue, a way back through wanderers, murderers, adulterers, defaulters, promise breakers, foreigners, strangers, and lovers. You to, to show us mothers, judges, kings, and prophets who loved and spoke for God and kept reminding us of the promise of redemption. You to, to show us how evil and wrong continually mess things up. And how obedience to God fosters holiness and bestows blessing. To send us Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, to preach and live peace, grace, hope, joy, and love. To see Jesus rejected, to see him die, to see him buried. To raise Jesus from the dead and send the Holy Spirit to remind us of all we have in him and empower us to live like Jesus. To want us to live like Jesus, an abundant life, infused with all the fruit of the Spirit. Redeemed, free, loved. God loves us enough. To still let us choose our own destiny. God loves us enough. To promise the hope of forever, of resurrection from the dead, and final judgment. God loved us enough. God loves us enough. God will always love us enough. For God so loved the world. God loves you. God wants you to know it. God wants you to live in it. God wants you to be able to love others because you know you are loved. God's love is expressed to us every week most tangibly as we gather at this table. The son who died and yet lives gave everything so we could know the depth of God's love. So come, drink the wine, eat the bread, know you are loved. God loves you. Go love the world with him.